Money Talk is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex to be considered before becoming a client of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Securities are offered through HBEC Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Annex Wealth Management and HBEC are unaffiliated. This program may contain forward-looking statements which may not come true. Please consult with an advisor about your specific situation. Taking the mystery out of investing with answers to your financial questions. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald from Annex Wealth Management on WTMJ. Know the difference? It's Team Tech Trust. This is Money Talk, Saturday, May 18th. AnnexWealth.com is our website. Get that free portfolio analysis, that free annuity analysis. Sign up for the Axiom, which celebrates 150 issues this weekend. In fact, we're going to talk a little bit more about that later on in the show. I'm Danny Clayton. Good morning, Mark Oswald. Good morning. Derek Felsky, how are you? Good morning. And David J. Spano, let's get that week in review. Yes, sir. So the volatility that was happening in this week, gentlemen, it really was based around the fact that the talks with the Chinese seem to have broken down, and when they're going to resume is really the question. What's coming up next month is a G20 meeting. It seems like the can has been kicked down the road, but Derek, that's not really what uh, the Chinese state media is saying. No, the, the Chinese state media is actually saying that they believe the U.S. has little interest in resuming the trade talks, which I certainly don't see from my perspective. But generally, Mark, what we've really seen here is a 25% rally from Christmas Eve on expectations that the Fed would remain on the sidelines, which continues to be true, and that this trade deal was a done deal, and that has turned out not to be the case. Well, you know, not overstating the obvious, but you start thinking about the stock market and what that means for the economy here in the United States if you have a trade war with the second largest economy in the world in China. Are we getting to a point where potentially we're bringing down GDP? And if that happens, then does that spur the Fed to do something about that? So those are the questions that are really on the table. And it's why we bring them up here on Saturday morning, because it really did impact the markets this week. No, you do. And and part of the expectation and part of the, the linchpin of that strong rally was the belief that in the second half of the year, not just the U.S. economy, but the global economy would reaccelerate, that the EU would do better, Japan would do better, the U.S. would do better, and China would do better. And to the degree that there's uncertainty and business confidence suffers to some degree through basically due to uncertainty, that could cause these growth forecasts to be reduced. You know, we talk a lot about policy error, and the policy error could have come from the Federal Reserve, and now it could be coming from the administration. We'll see if this is actually a policy error, or is this more strategic in nature? And Mark, I think you might be right on, right on something, is maybe all of this comes together, both the Federal Reserve and the policy come together at, at some point. Yeah, and it very well could be. You started to see on Friday, yesterday, you saw a relaxing of some tariffs with Europe and Japan and, and the Canadians and Mexico. And so you start to look at not trying to fight trade wars on every front at the same time. And if you do these things delicately, if you do them in a thoughtful way, then investors can continue to look at the fundamentals of stocks and the fundamentals of bonds and say, this is what I want to do with my portfolio at this point in time, because you just don't have this wall of worry that's constantly there and you're trying to fight all these fights at the same time. You know, Derek, the fact is that, as you point out, year to date, the S&P 500 is up 15%. That's a pretty good run. And from Christmas Eve, it's up even more than that. And maybe it's a pause that refreshes. It feels like there might be more to it than that. Yeah, I think it does. Um, you know, we were up four months in a row. Historically, when you start the month with 
four positive outcomes. In the last 15 times that's occurred, 14 of the times that those last eight months of the year finished positive with an average gain of 10%. But in, in those cases, you also saw corrections of as much as 10%. So we're only down about 4% from the all-time high in the S&P. Small caps have languished some. Uh, emerging markets are oversold by some measures. So yeah, I mean, I you know, you're not going to go up in a straight line. We're not going to compound at an 80% annual rate forever. But you know, now's a really good time to just take a look at the portfolio. So for example, you know, on Friday, we saw Deer. Not only did they report a miss, they, they lowered guidance. They have not particularly optimistic beliefs about the trade situation. Caterpillar, another casualty on Friday as well, could easily be in the Chinese crosshairs if their retaliation schemes uh, were to expand. So it's a really good time to just expect some sort of consolidation, higher levels of volatility. Dave, as you know, we have a significant amount of cash in our equity income strategy, which we do intend to put to work sometime during the summer opportunistically. Uh, so I just think it's an opportunity to take advantage of uncertainty when it presents itself. You know, you take a look at where we are in the market, up 15% year to date. But, you know, you talk about maybe trying to time this, which is really most often a fool's errand. If you miss the four best trading days so far this year, your rate of return is only 7%. So trying to time this is a very difficult thing. Why, Mark? Well, of course, you get Salem Maine go away for a lot of people. That's the old adage, and I'm not a big fan of old adages, but you got to be right twice, to your point, Dave. You have to know the exact day to get out, and you have to know the exact day to get back in. For most people, as you said, kind of a fool's errand because it just doesn't work out. The crystal ball that you'd have to have in order to be right, in order to get this right of when are we going to get out, when are we going to get back in, is just too much for people. For people who have a long-term view, who are investors and not traders, people who are trying to get to their financial plan, you stay in the market and don't try to time the market. For sure. It is 1013. It's Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management, WTMJ. So how are you sitting? You got any worries? You got any concerns? You want to make sure that things are right? Uh, head to AnnexWealth.com. You can do that right now. Just hit that Get Started button. I'm looking at it on the screen here in the WTMJ studios right now. We're going to ask your first and last name so we know who you are, an email and a phone number just so we can get a hold of you, and we're not going to bug you. Uh, an investment range, we're going to ask if you'd like the unbiased annuity review as well, because that is part of the complimentary portfolio review, if you'd like it. Um, where would you like to visit it with us? Because remember, we've got all those locations. And then we're just going to ask uh, what led you to this page. And in this case, it's WTMJ Radio. And I think the most important thing is we've got a little box there that says tell us about yourself now we're going to get more details on you where you're going what's going on in your life but just give us a little snapshot of that because that's what we want to know because we want to partner with you and again annexwealth.com just click that get started button money tips that don't cost a thing this is money talk with dave spano and mark oswald on wtmj and we're back. It's Team Tech Trust, Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management, AnnexWealth.com, the website, locations, Elm Grove, Mequon, Lake Country, Appleton, downtown at the Fister, Annex Everywhere. I'm Danny Clayton, right along with um, Mark Oswald and Derek Felsky and Dave Spano. As the year ended up in 2018, there was a wall of worry. And one of the things that was on the top of the list was perhaps a policy mistake from the Fed. And the Fed at that point was saying that they were going to perhaps raise rates four times 
times in 2019. Now, here we are in the middle of May. That tune has certainly changed. It certainly has. You look at policy pivot, the way that we've kind of looked at it in the news, and you had a Fed in the fourth quarter, as you said, Dave, that was talking about being really aggressive with monetary tightening in the economy. And now you're starting to look at it. And Derek, you showed me some numbers this week about the chances of a rate cut. Can you rate cut, guys? When we were talking about rate raises, four rate raises in a year, now we're talking about the probability of rate cuts before the end of 2020. The great pivot, right, Derek? Right. I mean, just you know, despite the strength of the economy, the 3.2 percent GDP number, the strong wage growth, low unemployment. The elongation of the trade impasse certainly would seem to increase the likelihood of a rate cut in 2019, and the futures market does agree. In fact, market expectations for a rate cut between now and January, the January 2020 FOMC meeting are now above 80%, and the probability of two 25 basis point rate cuts between now and January is greater than the probability of just one. So clearly, the bond market has been foretelling a slowdown in economic growth. Remember, China has delivered roughly half the global growth over the last decade, growing at twice the rate of the U.S. economy. So anything that negatively impacts Chinese growth will certainly filter down throughout the rest of the world. And there's no question that they are being affected by their stock market again was hit uh, this week. And by the way, you talk about Chinese company. There's a famous Chinese company called Huawei, again, is in the middle of the story. Yeah, Huawei is a, sort of the center of controversy. Um, the U.S. basically is, is talking about banning the purchase of Huawei telecom equipment parts uh, in the United States, which then would, of course, slow the rollout of 5G, which is a, a major growth driver. In and the, who is Huawei? Huawei is the largest telecom equipment provider in the world. It's Nokia and, and Ericsson bring up second and third. The other thing that would have impacted are, are U.S. companies like Qualcomm and Micron, which sell components to Huawei. And, and the thought is that there are security risk, a national security risk. The president has detailed that uh, any number of times, but that certainly would negatively impact the rollout of 5G, which is going to be a major growth driver in the next decade. I mean, there's actually uh, an allegation that they're spying. Yeah, for sure. And it's been part of the whole trade war has been this idea of intellectual property. When you have a company just pick on somebody like Apple and they want to go into the Chinese market and sell iPhones and the Chinese government says, before you bring that product into our country, we want to know more about it. So they want to take off the lid and they want to look at the technology and they want to know everything that Apple's doing and what have they designed. And then what does the state government do? It turns around to a company like Huawei and says, you know, here's the blueprint for going and creating our own product that we can compete with Apple. And that's just patently unfair. American companies supply about, what, a third of the components that go into Huawei's stuff? Yeah, you're talking about Qualcomm and Micron and some of the chip makers. But, you know, this is a big deal, not because of the trade impasse, but because of 5G technology and what it can do going forward. I think all of us will be affected by this in the next couple of years. Well, go back to Apple again. To my example, if you get to 5G, your current phone is not going to all of a sudden be able to take 5G technology and process it. You're going to need a new phone if you're going to do that. So you start thinking about the turnover, the recycling of those products where people say, my new iPhone X R is not good enough anymore, and they go out and buy another $1,000 iPhone. So the technologies that are out there, these are big deals for companies, whether they're U.S. companies that are making parts for Huawei or companies like Apple or other technology companies that are trying to get into the Chinese market. These are big things that are going on this week.
Can we talk about the Starbucks of China, Luckin? Had you ever heard of them? I had not until, you know, not a lot of people have because it's only a company that's a year and a half old. And they went public and, you know, you've got American ADRs, American Depository Receipts. So it's trading here and it's a company that's going to compete with Starbucks in the world's largest economy when you're talking about people in China. And they're, they're a discounter. So the price of the product, they're competing with Starbucks. They lost money again last year. You know, you talk about $150 million in sales. They lost twice that amount of money, but their stock was up almost 200% on the first couple of days of trading. At that point, we will uh, take a break. Going to be back. It is 1022 at WTMJ, Elm Grove, Mequon, Lake Country, Appleton, downtown at the Fister. Those are the offices for Annex Wealth. Go to AnnexWealth.com and click that Get Started button. From simple investments to stock advice, back to Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ. Know the difference? It's Team Tech Trust at Annex Wealth Management, and this is a team segment. I am very proud to introduce the marketing team at Annex. First, our senior member, the guy who pulls all the levers and drives the ship. That's you, Greg Betty and Silla. That is me. I don't know about all the levers. Some. Some. Person who makes all of our stuff look good, whether it's online, print, billboard, stationery, anything else, even though we had to drag her in here, is <laughs> Allie Peters. Hey, Allie. Hey. And uh, Brianna Cole Morgan is our marketing automation specialist. She takes care of all of our marketing communication, the activities, and she works to help build our ever-expanding client base. Welcome. Thank you. We're here because this weekend is a very special weekend. It is the 150th edition of our weekly newsletter, Axiom. How about that? Greg, what is your go-to description for Axiom? Annex Wealth Management is really proud of the way that it communicates with people about critical financial issues, but also some very simple financial concepts. We're really dedicated to educating people. Axiom is our best foot forward in terms of expressing what we think about the world out there, and then also hopefully some helpful tips on how you can improve your financial outlook. It's a sweet, quick read delivered on Sunday mornings, right? Yep. We actually really like the Sunday time. For me, it's on my way out of church. For a lot of people, it's when they can grab a cup of coffee and uh, pet their dog and, and then just catch up on what happened the past week and then maybe brush up on some ideas that would help them grow and you know maybe make the account grow a little bit. Greg, you and Allie were around 150 issues ago. Tell us a story. What was the impetus where we started Axiom, the newsletter? I remember talking to the boss here and saying, we'd like to come out with a weekly newsletter. And they said, every week? And I said, well, yeah. What are you going to say? I'm, my thought was, well, you all are saying it. We have these weekly radio broadcasts. We can carve those up. Allie's a really gifted artist. We can create blog posts, things that people be interested in. Really, at the end of the day, there's so many different ways that we can touch people. Really, what we're doing with, with the Axiom is bringing it all together just in one click. Allie, what do you remember about the first design? Very simple. <laughs> Greg and I did our homework when it came to the first axiom as far as how we wanted to look, what the content we wanted it to be, what we wanted it to sound like. We subscribed to many different newsletters and looked at our competitors' newsletters or even just general newsletters that we thought were interesting to us. And we figured out what we liked and what we didn't like. Really what was important to Allie and me, we both came to Annex Wealth Management from other places, other segments of the business world. And so our access to the financial world is one where we're kind of approaching it, where we want something that's really engaging to us. We don't have those financial minds like David Spano. So for us, we wanted to make sure it was really engaging, that it was something you like to look at. Maybe that's something you really needed to click just to find out more. The Annex Wealth Management marketing team is here. We are talking about Axiom because this weekend is our 150th issue. Greg, how has the newsletter evolved? When we first uh, started this out, 
we actually were still toying with the idea of how long, how many video segments, how many segments of radio programs we put in there. We actually, at that point, had not really even started to tease the idea of the money due, which has become one of our biggest clicks. At that time, what we wanted to do is make sure that the first goal was, let's be regular, let's be reliable, let people expect that Sunday morning that it's coming. Once we were able to establish that, the evolution has, I think, become more and more engaging, uh, more and more focused on what's important to the folks out there, because we can learn from your clicks. We can guide our new content based on what's important to you. Hey, Bree, let's talk about the most popular articles. So the most popular articles are going to be our featured articles. They're at the top of the axiom. They're the most important things that we think you are going to enjoy. Looking back, the top clicks in the axiom are definitely revolving around taxes, especially our money due called Get Ready for Taxes. Our second highest um, would be make sure you have core estate planning documents, which was written by our estate planning attorney, Jill Martin. The third highest is a new featured video that we have been doing every week called Week in Review, the worst week of 2019. The fourth highest was our poll, Have You Cut the Cord and Canceled Cable? And the fifth highest is one of our team segments called Meet Our Team of Client Service Managers. So, Greg, for people who are not subscribers, what would you say are the compelling reasons for people to sign up? Because we're encouraging people. You're like me. You're sick and tired of being sold to. And you're at the point where you can wade through your, your inbox and you could just sight unseen, delete some emails. You just know it's a sales thing. We're a family business. We've got nothing to sell. We've got some very, very smart people, people who are really well-versed in this and that can give you ideas that can help. So I look at it for people who are just information hungry but are looking to grow. This is an easy click. You're not going to be sold to. And at the end of it, I think you're going to be a little smarter. And Allie and I have had used as, as an ad line for Axiom, get smarter, get the Axiom. A lot of newsletters out there, the, the ones in my inbox, it's really a lot of, I have something to tell you. I have an ad for you. I have this product I want you to look at. Even maybe it's a blog, but I wrote this thing and I want you to read it. The way that we're creating the information for readers is built on what's important to them. Brianna Cole Morgan, Allie Peters, Greg Bettingsiller from the Annex Wealth Management Marketing Team. Thank you for joining me. Thanks, Danny. Thank you. And happy 150th, everybody. Yeah, for sure. That uh, will publish tomorrow. So if you're not signed up for that, it is a free subscription. All you got to do is go to AnnexWealth.com. Also, when you're in the when you're there, uh, head to the upper right corner. It'll say Events, and you can click and see everything that we've got going. One of our big things is Wednesday. It's called the Annuity Enigma. Uh, many of you will have annuities in your portfolio. They're confusing. They're cumbersome. It can be really good, or they can be kind of a, a mystery. So we're going to kind of unwrap that. A uh, segment with Deanne Phillips is coming up about that. Stick around. This is Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management. Get professional help with your portfolio. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ. Welcome back, everybody. Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management. It's about Team Tech Trust website, AnnexWealth.com. We are in Elm Grove, Mequon, Lake Country, Appleton, downtown of the Fister. And if you can hear WTMJ, easy with Annex Everywhere, simple screen share technology. So uh, Ask Annex is a nice segment we like to do every week. And Ron writes, what are the beaten down stocks or even sectors that show promise of a recovery? Well, the, the first area that I would, I would look at is, is the healthcare sector. Several months ago when Bernie Sanders first hit the campaign trail, he talked about Medicare for all and 
all the analysts dutifully went out and assumed that that would come into law and what effect that would have on various verticals in the healthcare industry. That would be the end of private health insurance, which of course would be the end for Anthem and United Healthcare. Uh, they were talking about drug price controls, which may or may not f- appear in one form or another, because I think the Republicans actually are considering indexing U.S. drug prices to global drug prices. So that certainly would be a partial negative for pharmaceutical companies. Uh, so that would be one area. The other area that's also beaten down is the energy sector. But you know, given what we're seeing with China and, and downward forecasts and global GDP growth, it's hard for me to imagine oil prices running to the upside unless we have some sort of event in the Persian Gulf, you know, the U.S. versus Iran, where tensions have been high. There were a couple of Saudi tankers that were missiled in the last couple of weeks, and oil prices did bounce on that. But the underlying fundamental dynamics in energy don't really excite me that much. That is real. I mean, the aircraft carrier Abraham Lincoln and all of the supporting ships did go over there. The B-52s went up, and it became such a deal that the president had to talk it back a little bit this week, Mark. Yeah, no doubt about that. You know, Derek, when you start thinking about sectors that are beaten up, you also look at the other side of the coin, which is sectors that have done very well. You look at technology up 23 24% year-to-date. Is that a sector that's gotten too far ahead of itself? And do you rebalance maybe away from some of the, the sectors that have done very well? well and maybe put some money to work in these sectors that have been beaten up a little bit. You know, tech is, isn't monolithic, just like the fixed income market isn't. So, the you know, there are certain sectors in tech that I think are pretty resistant uh, to downward pressures, the software sector in particular. Semiconductors, of course, we mentioned Qualcomm and Micron being vulnerable to any changes in the buying patterns for Huawei. And the semiconductors are up 50%. So more cyclical tech, I would consider to, you know, as a rebalance possibility. The other area that, that I'd want to rebalance where I think there's a lot of risk are in what are seen to be as defensive sectors like uh, utility and consumer staples. We've seen lousy numbers out of the consumer staples companies. Uh, Utilities are trading at a 20% premium to where they've historically traded over time. And if interest rates were to go up in the second half of the year, as as I think we expect, um, utilities ought to suffer because the yields they offer wouldn't appear as attractive relative to risk-free assets. Okay, excellent. Let's try to get another question. And uh, Darren from the website writes, what does baked in mean when people talk about earnings? And anytime I see baked in, I hope hope you know what we're talking about. Uh, Elon Musk again, right? (laughs) Right. I I hear that phrase all the time. What does that mean? Well, you are a canopy growth expert, and I know what baked in means in that sense. Um, But basically what he's talking about is, you know, estimates are are forecasts, and there's sort of a baked in assumption that the companies will beat. So many times people are frustrated because a company comes out, they beat the earnings estimates, they beat the revenue estimates, and the stock goes down. Well, that's because basically that forecast was baked in previously by the market itself. And you've always got to be alert between what people actually think and what they're actually doing. And many times these beat rates are artificially inflated because companies have learned to under-promise and over-deliver. And it's only a real surprise that gets rewarded in the marketplace, not a manufactured one by some sort of accounting shenanigans. You know, Derek, when you start thinking about real results versus guidance, you know, when you start thinking about our investment committee and what we're looking at, you got that rear view mirror look of this is what revenue was last quarter, this is what earnings were last quarter. But you start thinking about companies or sectors that are looking forward 12 months, 18 months, two years down the road. Deer had, for instance, this week had guidance that was poor. You look at companies that say, we're not going to do as well as we've done in the past going forward. That can be more meaningful a lot of, in a lot of cases than what did we do 
last quarter, it's more important to say what are we going to do next quarter and the quarter after that and the quarter after that. This is Mark Oswald, uh, Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. It is Team Tech Trust. If you have a question for Ask Annex, you can submit that via our website at AnnexWealth.com. Just look for the Ask Annex button. We... Um, we answer many of them that, that folks say, eh, you know what, keep this one off the air. So we answer those internally. Uh, but then if you have something that, we, that would be useful on the radio show, we can always use them as well. So again, AnnexWealth.com, look for the Get Started button. So what's the deal with annuities? They can be confusing, they can be awesome, um, and they can be expensive. So it's all those things, and that's why we've come out with the Annuity Enigma presentation, which happens Wednesday at Annex Wealth Management. We're going to dig a little bit deeper coming up with Deanne Phillips and Eric Strom. That's on the way. The Annuity Enigma presentation, again, happens Wednesday. Details at AnnexWealth.com. Just click that Events tab in the upper right corner. Time is money. Make the most of yours with Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ. It's another team segment at Annex Wealth Management. Eric Strom, financial planning specialist at Annex. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. And Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Good to see you. And good to see you, Danny. We're going to talk about annuities, which can tend to confound and confuse many people, even though they can be useful in properly constructed retirement portfolios. So, Eric, we always start with you because you're the annuity guy. Um, Let's start at the beginning. What exactly is an annuity? Well, the original purpose of an annuity going back centuries has been to provide a guaranteed income for your whole life. Believe it or not, actually, annuities go back to as far back as the Roman times. Back then, the more prosperous Romans would often buy what was called an annua. You would hand over a pot of money, and then every year, once a year, you would receive a guaranteed income for as long as you live. So this concept of a a guaranteed lifetime income has been around for truly millennia. But today, things are pretty different. Uh, The concept of an annuity is really uh, adapted to modern uh, needs, and there are now investment vehicles that are incredibly complicated, some of them very expensive, that have guarantees, and things are a little different today, but it's a pretty interesting uh, landscape out there. It sounds good, right? So, Deanne, where do annuities pick up their, shall we say, checkered reputation? Well, here's the deal. They are an insurance product. They actually are a product. That means there are commissions generated from them, from the sale of these products. And those commissions can actually be quite hefty. They're very confusing. They're layered. And a lot of times people just don't understand the reason behind having the annuity to begin with. What's that old saying? Annuities aren't bought, they're sold. That's exactly it. It's true that consumers aren't going out there looking for annuities. They're going out there looking for professional financial advice, and they're often presented with annuities. And these can often be very, very complicated vehicles. And that's what we're here to help with. And they don't help their reputation, their own reputation, because they can be really complex. And you started to kind of get to that a little bit. Yeah. So uh, a lot of modern products, there are variable annuities that can come with a lot of different bells and whistles. For example, if someone buys one annuity in 2010 and then you buy the same exact product in 2011, it might be a completely different product. Uh, They change over time. They have lots of optional features and they're highly complex. And so oftentimes we see clients who have an annuity they bought seven or eight years ago. Uh, maybe they don't have a, a relationship with the person who sold it to them, and the annuities in set it and forget it mode, and that's where they really need that expert advice. Deanne, we do have plenty of clients. They come to us with annuities in their portfolios, brand new clients, and do you find that our clients understand what it is that they've got? They're familiar with the word annuity, and sometimes it, that can go back to their 403B or their 401K, so their company plan, where when they retire, they can be offered either a lump sum, so they can take that money they've been contributing out, or the company can annuity 
annuitize it or offer them an income stream. So they're familiar a little bit with, oh, yeah, I think I have this option in my retirement plan. But they're often frustrated because if they've gone to a traditional brokerage relationship outside of their retirement very often they are sold these, and sometimes they're sold them when the market goes crazy, and the the advisor may hear them being a little concerned about the market, so they say, well, I'll tell you what, this can lock in a potential guarantee income stream for you. I mean, we've had clients that have come to us, this one came to us, the same broker had sold her five different annuities over a handful of years, and the thing is, this was a woman who already was bringing in more income than she spent, so it created a tax problem, actually. This is where she came to me and she's like, oh my gosh, I, I I don't know why I have these. I don't know if there's anything I could do with them. Do I have to turn them all on? And the thing is, some of them had those, as Eric said, bells and whistles. Those are extra riders. And I think this is also confusing and frustrating to our clients. When you hear the word rider, you should actually think ching ching, because that's actually, you've spent money usually to purchase that rider. Maybe it's worth it. Maybe it's not. And that's where analysis comes into play. And that's really important. But the first question really you have to ask is, wait, why do I need these? And what do they do for me in my plan? Eric, we're looking at you and the financial planning team. So you've started an effort to help people with annuity analysis. What kind of things are you discovering? Well, uh, last year, our team in 2018, we got to actually analyze nearly 300 annuities. And then year to date, uh, it is almost uncountable how many annuities we've been looking at. So you can imagine we've seen a lot. So here are a few things that we found. Number one, uh, your annuity might be much more expensive than you realize. Uh, although, I'll throw in the caveat that expensive is not always bad. On the surface, it seems like if my investment is expensive, that doesn't seem like a good thing. But oftentimes, a very, very expensive variable annuity, for example, might have really good guarantees that, that you depend on. We may recommend that you keep the annuity for those. But in many cases, folks might not need those guarantees, And in which case we very frequently meet clients who are paying 3 3.5% or more in annual fees for benefits that they don't even really need. So it's very important that uh, if your annuity is expensive, that you know how it's working and make sure that you actually need that benefit. Another thing we often see are annuities that have very limited investment options, and those investment options are oftentimes super expensive. So you might have a variable annuity that has 15 investment options, and they're going to limit you on how much you can invest in equities, and those investment options, you kind of look under the hood at how much they cost, and you go, wow, you know, this annuity on, is already pretty expensive, and you add this cost on top of it. When we start looking under the hood at these annuities, you really can find um, some of these details that you got to make sure you understand them. So that annuity analysis, that's good stuff. Dan, you've got something coming up that's designed to dig a lot deeper and help clear up some of the confusion. I like this. Annuity enigma. Yeah. So Eric and financial planning teammate Patrick Noble will be joining me on Tuesday, May 21st from 6 to 7.30 at our Elm Grove office for our workshop called Annuity Enigma. And we'll be reviewing basics of how these annuities work in order to help get a better understanding, again, if they're the right strategy for you. We'll help decipher the ins and outs of annuities, some of the pitfalls to avoid. We'll diagnose these enigmatic products the best we can in an hour and a half. And it is a bring a friend. It's always a free workshop, but you do need to sign up by calling us at 262-786-6363, or you can go right online to AnnexWealth.com under the Events tab.
Eric Strom, financial planning specialist at Annex, part of the financial planning team at Annex, and a great source of annuity knowledge. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much for having me. And Deanne Phillips, director of client learning and development, CFP and CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks to you as well. Hey, thanks for having me. Again, that is a Tuesday at our Elm Grove location. I think I might have said Wednesday earlier, but it's it's Tuesday, Tuesday the 21st. You can sign up by going to AnnexWealth.com. Look for that events tab in the upper right, and we'll take care of you. W277CV and WTMJ Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is... Is News Radio WTMJ. Don't settle for less. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ. Know the difference? It's Team Tech Trust. This is Money Talk. Saturday, May 18th is where we're at. Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Get that free portfolio analysis. Sign up for the Axiom. We are celebrating the 150th issue this weekend. I'm Danny Clayton. Mark Oswald is here. Derek Felski and Dave Spano. You know, Danny, I read this week that Americans are having babies at the lowest rate ever. I don't know what to make of that, Mark. Well, certainly don't look at me. I did my share. We had... uh we had our three, but you know, you start thinking about it, and why would we be interested in something like that, right? I mean, why would you bring that up on Money Talk? But it has a real implication, doesn't it, there? Well, yeah, demographics are important. They help drive GDP in, in respective countries. You know, it's typically the case that a thriving country needs to enjoy population growth. We've seen in Japan, which has stagnated for 20 years, population growth there has been flat. And you also need a growing population of young taxpayers. Because in a country like the United States, where we're continually making massive unfunded entitlement promises, you need a tax base to support that. And that's one of the reasons we always talk about productivity and how important that is. And it also kind of tags into this whole immigration issue, right, Mark? I mean, it's it's not necessarily we need more people, but we need people that are actually going to contribute to growth of GDP, not pay cause entitlements to go up. And pay taxes, right? I mean, you need to have people, whether they're they're naturalized or whether they're born here in the United States, that people who are going to support the Social Security programs and Medicare programs down the road as we all continue to age. And so it's something to think about because when you start thinking about just planning for the future, right, you start talking about families planning. But we as a country have to plan a little bit too because we do have these unfunded responsibilities to our citizens and we have to think about how we're going to handle that going forward. So, so the Social Security Trust Fund paid out almost a trillion dollars. I think it was about $800 billion in 2018, but it collected only $800 billion, and so it was underfunded, and it has now broken a streak of 34 consecutive years where income exceeded costs. So this is real. You'll remember back to President Clinton had talked about this many, many years ago, that at some point in the future that this is going to happen. Well, it's upon us now. Yeah, for sure. And I think the investment return assumption was a little low. I think that the the trust actually did a little bit better last year. It's no great shakes, but I think it extended the life to the point where it added another year to when the Social Security Trust would start to be exhausted. But you look at all these things and, and what the government, what what our elected leaders have to be thinking about doing, raising the income limit, taxing more income. I mean, those are all possibilities. Raising the full retirement age, all those things are things that could be done if we can get some people in Washington to start working together. You know, and, and just to pull this back to from a, to a portfolio context, what this also this also is really part of the reason why we have an allocation to emerging markets because in emerging markets you do have a young workforce, you do have higher birth rates, you do have less in the way of entitlement promises, you have faster growth, and many of these global market cap indexes are weighted way heavy to the developed world, the U.S. and and Europe and so on, and very and, and under very underweighted relative to their potential to 
to emerging markets. And that's why emerging markets in many ways look very cheap to most strategists with far greater expectations for future performance going forward. The reason why we bring this up is all of this that we've been talking about this morning comes together in the form of a financial plan. Where are you going to get your income? Is it going to come from Social Security? Is it going to come from a pension, if you're lucky enough to have that, from your savings in a 401k? You know, this is the time that people should pay attention to this, Mark. For sure, and it's really interesting when you sit down with individual couples, how much they want to put it in the Social Security bucket, in their assumptions. Some people say, I think I'm going to get all of it. Some people say, I think I'm going to get 70% of it. Some people say, I'm not going to rely on it at all. We're going to, we're going to put in zero in that bucket and see what our financial plan looks like. That's the beauty of interactive financial planning. You can make different assumptions. So if you have not done a financial plan and you're getting close to retirement, there's forever decisions that have to be made. Now would be a great time to sit down with somebody and say, here's where we're at. This is what we've done to date. These are what our goals are. How are we doing in terms of funding those opportunities and things we want to do with our lifetime? And, and you can do that by starting with that free portfolio review. And you can start and get that going today. Right now, just go to AnnexWealth.com, click that Get Started button. I'm looking at it right now. We're going to ask your first and last name, email address so we can correspond with you, a phone number so we can get a hold of you. We will not bug you. We don't do that. An investment range. Um, where would you like to visit? I mean, we got all those locations. And then we're just kind of curious, where'd you, uh, where'd you hear about Annex? And, and in this case, it'd be WTMJ Radio. And then tell us about yourself. That's the most important thing. You can start that today at AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Advice and opinions expressed during Money Talk are solely that of the hosts or guests of Annex Wealth Management and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC.